Dave. I'm here with Scott. Scott, how are you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. It's been two weeks since our uh, since our last show, and um, you know, it felt weird last Tuesday not having a show. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> you you needed a break. I'm sure you needed a break from my uh, my shit. So we're, it's all good. I was just I was just ranting and raving about positional allocation and draft capital of my cats. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> um so this week we're going to talk about a couple things we're going to talk about the commanders getting sold we're going to talk about some changes to the nfl schedule but the first thing i want to mention because it will be happening while we're on the air uh for those of you who don't know scott and i are both fans of detroit sports so of course we're fans of the detroit lions and while this is political football tonight it could also be a bit of political basketball because tonight is the nba draft lottery and the Pistons have the best chance in the league, along with the Rockets and Spurs, 14% each, of getting the number one overall pick and be able to draft Scott, say his name. Wembendambaya. No. We just got, we just got canceled. Um. Dude, <laughs> come on, man. What is no. his name? How do you say it? Wembenyama. Wembenyama? Wembenyama. Okay. Um. Wembenyama or right. Victor, I'm Victor, there. if you like it. But yeah, since you get Mark Andrews into Mark Edwards, I assumed this would be a, an adventure. No, um, this one's going to be totally good. Wembenyama. Yeah, so Victor Wembenyama is considered certainly the best basketball prospect since LeBron James. And a lot of people think that if he played high school ball in the States, he'd already be more hyped than LeBron was coming out as a prospect. So that's not to say this guy's going to win four championships or whatever, but I want him on the Pistons. Well, I mean, I've, I've seen enough of him to know that he's a very different player, like a yes. totally different kind of dude. You know, you don't yes. normally see seven foot five guys just uh, shooting the way he shoots as natural as he makes it look. I saw a highlight was- where he tipped dunked a miss, but the miss was his own three pointer. <laughs> <laughs> Two steps, right? Yes. Um so, yeah, so again, just like with the NFL draft, actually even more than the NFL draft, it's really hard to project basketball players in the draft. But the Pistons have a legitimate chance to land a very elite-level prospect, which they really haven't had. They did get Cade Cunningham last year, but he's not elite to this level. Uh, they didn't have a chance like Anthony Davis, um, John Wall, so Markel Fultz. So hopefully they... uh are you able to get the number one overall pick here? So that'll be happening. They'll be pulling the sleeves, uh, the ping pong balls. While What's we're on the farthest air. they can fall to? Can they go all the way down to five? I think five is the furthest they can go. Okay. But so, really, it's, it's first or bust this year, right? Because the top prospect is so, so elite. Yeah, but, you know, the way Detroit sports have been lately, I would expect five or four. Yeah, yeah. It's been It's been rough recently with like draft selections and stuff except for, aside from the lions 2022 draft class and then i'm on ross st brown in the fourth round the year before basically besides the lions it's been uh kind of kind of rough in terms of like luck when it comes to comes to drafting recently but yeah so we're excited we're excited for that because like i said we're big fans of detroit sports in general but here at political football we do focus on uh all of the nfl and some college and so i do want to talk about the commanders being sold the Washington Commanders are actually my local team now because I live in Northern Virginia. But you wouldn't know it that this is uh, the local team. Quick poll of the audience. Hey, Megan, how often do you see news about the Washington Commanders? Never? Yeah, she's she's just slowly backing away into the bedroom. That's a very good choice by her. Get it's almost out of here. It's almost as Dan Snyder himself walked in. Um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but that's that's the thing like there's just as far as i can tell nobody here cares about the commanders and i'm sure they must have like a huge following but there's some people that have moved here from other places in the dc area and anybody who's local likes baltimore they're all like the ravens i don't even know where these commander fans are but they have to be around here somewhere so this was a big story for about three hours it was a group led by josh harris who owns the 76ers and the devils um, New Jersey Devils NHL uh, purchased the Commanders for six and a half billion dollars. Is it done yet? 
I think the I think the league officially has to sign off on it, but I mean, people- well, they all have. To, so the hope was that I think the hope was they wanted to them to do it in the next league meeting when they're all together. But I don't think the financials are done yet. So as much as we want to declare this, you know, game over for Snyder, that dude's like a bad rash. I'm sorry, <laughs> like, like, um, you know, like, um. Back in the day when, uh, you know, before my time, when everybody used to get the clap from, from uh, I don't know why I'm saying any of this stuff. It doesn't make any sense at all. But no, I, I just referred to Dan Snyder as the clap. Um, which is which is really insulting to venereal disease. It's a, it's, it's, it's a shot. Yeah. It's, a, <laughs> it's quite the low blow. I don't know that it's done yet. We'll, we'll see. Well, at this point, well, I think, yes, I don't think it's officially done. I think we're at the point to where it would be shocking if it didn't end up happening, right? Like the bid's been accepted. Everybody wants Snyder to be out of here. The guy yeah. already owns two other teams. Yeah, I mean, everybody wants it. To, I don't. I don't think that's the issue. I don't. I don't think there's anybody wanting it not to do to go through. It's just, do they? You know, do the financial people accept the financial statements and that kind of stuff? Is there, is there any any tie ups with? It? I don't know. You know. Yeah, is Batman going to investigate and find out he's got shady business dealings or something? Like, yeah, there's. I guess there's still that, but it does seem like it's going to go ahead. So for the purpose of this conversation, we're going to presume yeah. that this is happening. Um, and then if it doesn't happen, that'll be a whole nother conversation with the bad rash coming back. Um, <laughs> so for six and a half a billion dollars to buy the team, do you think that Josh Harris should be on the hook for paying for the entire, the new stadium entirely on his own? Wow, that's a really tough question just because or like or should the bid have been four billion and then you pay for the stadium? See what I mean? Like I, yeah, I told I get where you're coming from. I um I mean other other super rich people have extorted cities and forced them to build stadiums for them. Why should why is he any different? Yes, but he's just coming in with a record bid. Six and a half billion dollars is the highest amount ever paid for a franchise. Yeah. So yeah, now and then you got to shell out more if you want to build a stadium and they right. need a stadium. Right. So for uh, me, for my way of thinking, this dude should have eight to nine billion dollars allocated for the commander. Six and a half to buy it, then one and a half to two and a half for the stadium, right? Otherwise, he shouldn't have bought it. You would think, you would think, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, he, he's a smart guy. Um, I shouldn't say that. I don't know that he owns two other pro sports teams. You would think that he would understand the dynamic of the, the stadium and how important that is. Yes. And so reporting from ESPN, um, according to a prospectus prepared by Harris Blitzer sports and entertainment, the, the dude's company um, and its advisors, which was attained by ESPN Harris, the new owner, predicts that the removal of Dan Snyder as owner will boost attendance, ticket sales, and sponsorship revenue, probably, uh, as well as the team's prospects for a new stadium. The commanders think Virginia, quote, will offer the best incentive package, potentially up to $1.5 billion for a new home. The sum would nearly double the American record of $750 million in public funds that the state of Nevada put towards uh, uh, the Death Star for the Raiders in 2017. So that doesn't read to me like um, we're staying in the Virginia area, right? That reads to me like we think they're going to they're gonna give us the best offer for us to stay here. Well, one thing one thing to keep in mind is that it's a tri-state area. Yeah. So, like, I live in Virginia. I work in Maryland, and I live five miles from the White House, right? So it's all right here. So when he talks about, like, Virginia, he really means Virginia versus Maryland. Okay. Right. That's sort of the context there, right? It's not like, oh, Virginia doesn't do it. We're going to bounce to St. Louis. Would, would Maryland give him a boatload of money for a stadium? So Maryland already tried to give – Dan Snyder a boatload of money for the stadium, including us. Uh, the last governor, Larry Hogan, um, gave Snyder, near as I could tell, kind of a sweetheart deal on some state land near National Harbor, which is actually just across the river, um, in in Maryland. And 
he Snyder turned it down because he wants to be in Northern Virginia. Northern Virginia is, I want to be careful how I say this because I live in Northern Virginia. It's the place you'd want to put a stadium in this area. Okay. Right. I mean, DC just can't afford, it's just not big enough. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, they just can't really afford it. And then just comparing the DMV, like going between Baltimore and DC, which is where the current stadium is, there's not a really good spot for it. It's not near the major population centers. Northern Virginia would be the place to put it. So I see why they want to do that. What I don't understand is why the state of Virginia would offer this guy anything to build a new stadium. I, you, dude, you just paid six and a half billion dollars for the for the team. You had to know going in that you needed a stadium. Come on, right? And but. then you com- and then you combine that with what I said before, which is that. Like, I know the commanders have fans, but it's like people who voted for Nixon in 1972. A couple years later, you couldn't find anybody. So when did that all start? I mean, I know winning, winning, if you win, you get, you have fans. It's just how it is. I laughed at uh, a couple weeks ago. There was, um, there was a, a, a man and a woman um, at a Tampa Bay lightning game. They were wearing lightning jerseys, right? Mm-hmm. And then the lightning were eliminated by the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then shortly thereafter, they were spotted in Miami at a Florida Panthers game wearing Florida Panthers jerseys. And it's like, (laughs) you know, like, I know Washington, I know the commanders haven't won in a long time. But, like, I remember thinking there was buzz about them in RG3's uh, rookie season. There was some buzz about them. Did it all just go away? Yeah, because the issue, I think, is twofold. They haven't really done anything since Snyder bought the team in 1999. Yeah. Which means they've done nothing for Zoomers. And on top of not doing anything, he's been in a disaster and embarrassment, right? All these allegations and everything. Not only that, we keep referring to them as the commanders, but they haven't been the commanders for that long. Yeah. They were the football team before that, but that wasn't that long ago. No, it was two years. (laughs) Yeah. It's been like four years since they changed the old name. And that was about 30 years too late of that name change at a minimum. Yeah. Right. Like you, you could imagine like the hogs being like, you know what? We're just going to change the name right now. And that would have been like, okay, we get it. Right. Yeah. And there just seemed to be, it seemed, well, it's just like everything else. It seems with, um, with what's been reported and, and alleged about him and his ownership style was, there wasn't anything that was, good you know like yes. everything was the behind the scenes of of what it was like in the building allegedly right from what we what people have mm-hmm. said it doesn't sound like it was good in any way yeah lots and, of misogyny lots of uh you know everybody's heard the stories of the cheerleader incident yep uh which is horrific like if you just think about like like that like season ticket holders um like the cheerleaders being sort of extorted that way. It's just yes. bizarre. And but- I think I think the through line here is that Dan Snyder doesn't care about anybody except himself. And it is so it runs so deep that it even makes it through to the fan base. Like the Sean Taylor memorial statue. Yeah. That was just like the that was just like the wire hangers kind of strung together. <clears throat> right? Like I can see why that fan base is cratered recently because Again, young people now they can pick whatever team they want because you can watch whoever with either Sunday ticket or red zone. And yeah. then locally, right, just before he took bought the team, the Ravens came over from Cleveland. They yeah, won they the Super Bowl two, for a while. Right. Yeah. They won the Super Bowl in 2000. They won the Super Bowl in 2011. They got Lamar Jackson now. I mean, if you're local to this area, why would and to give you an idea of how close these cities are, we're talking like Detroit to Toledo. Yeah. Right, this is not a long distance. So a super right. short drive. Right. So we're we're Lions fans, but if they were terrible and the owner was a disaster, being accused of all sorts of criminality and clearly didn't care about us, but the Toledo football team was ripping off Super Bowls and had Lamar Jackson. See you in Toledo. Right. We might stick with our original team, but the kids aren't. No. No, <laughs> right. they're gone. Not. Right. Yeah. My, I mean, so- mine. My youngest, my oldest is a Lions fan. My long, my youngest is a Lions fan. Um, 
they're sub they're 18 i shouldn't say 17 he's 18 now and 15 and they they've never really i mean they were alive in the you know the couple years where they they went to the playoffs but they they don't know anything that's even remotely successful from from the lions yeah so my youngest is a, is a panthers fan i well whatever reason i you know it just i think he loved cam hit the dam and then uh, he really appreciated Luke Keekley yeah, and his game. And you should. He was awesome. Yep. And McCaffrey. Yeah. You know, so, but to your point, yeah. I mean, they're going to follow. They're going to they're gonna find a way to not have to be Lions fans. Right. And so that's what I think happened here. And so I don't know where they think that this public sentiment in Northern Virginia is going to come from to give $1.5 billion. Yeah, that's a staggering number. And it's the entire state of Virginia. Like Virginia is, uh, I I don't want to use the word segregated. I mean, it kind of is, but <laughs> yeah, but like it's really two different places. You have Northern Virginia, which is the suburbs of DC, which is where I live, and this is like Bernie country, right? This is like a deep blue, yeah, tons of tons of education. It's a yeah, giant like, Ann Arbor. It's like two different states, right? Yes, and then the rest of the state is basically Alabama. So why uh, would the people in Southern Virginia want to give any of their tax money to a stadium and a team that they're not going to go to and they don't care about? It is going to benefit Fairfax County or or whatever county, Loudoun County, Northern. whatever county they're going to put it in. Yeah. Like there's no – there's just no um, – <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, Southern Virginia is weird the way that it's split up. There are some parts of Southern Virginia that would be awesome. And there's other parts that are Charlottesville. So, um, yeah. I don't think – see, I think if this guy's bid is kind of contingent upon him getting this $1.5 and he starts to get the sense he's not going to get it, this deal might then fall apart for that reason. Yeah. Because... Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's why I'm – you know, to me, it's until this is like a done, done deal – and you know the particulars about it. Uh, statements like that one you read to me are are a little bit like, hmm. You know, if they're if they're really counting on that, which is super unrealistic. Yeah. Uh, as part of this bid, I don't know, man. That's that's tough. Yeah, and so you know, I I just, and I think the situation is just because Dan Snyder is so infamous, and they're still having a hard time getting rid of him it just shows just how entrenched and powerful the owners of the NFL are. Yes. To the detriment of everything else. And how incredibly profitable owning a NFL team actually is. Yes. While they are, they get to sort of argue that they're not making money. And you know what I mean? Like you've, you always hear that stuff. Yeah. I, I, I mean, come on, you know, the the yeah. commanders of all teams are selling for uh, the commanders with with a probably bottom two stadium in the entire league is selling for six and a half billion dollars. Man, that stadium is garbage too. Um, I haven't gone to a commanders game, but I went to um, with Paul actually from the chat. We went to Notre Dame Navy there, and I saw Chelsea Barcelona play soccer there. And both yeah. times, just terrible experiences with the stadium itself. It's in the middle of nowhere, right? Um, it's isolated not just from D.C., but it's isolated from, like, any other city itself. Um, it would be like putting the Palace of Auburn Hills in the pier. Like, it's just, yeah. like, not near anything. And for yeah. non-Michigan people, it would be like putting Madison Square Garden in Yonkers. Nope, that's near a city. In the middle of the Hudson, how's that? Yeah, I mean it. It's so that's the problem. I mean, do you do you play somewhere else and build a new? Do you play somewhere else for a couple of years and then build a new stadium on that site? No, you wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, Paul reminded me that incidentally, that Notre Dame Navy game was one of the ones that are allegedly embezzled the money from the NFL with. So, yeah, he's he's done some amazingly. You could you could list off. 20 things that have happened, like, you know, things that have, that he has done. And it, it would, each one of them would be like eye popping, stunning. Yes. 
yes. at, at the corruption and the the level of just shit baggery that's involved in, in the and you know that kind of stuff. Like, you know, it's I mean, you're you're an owner of an NFL team. Right. The stuff is gonna come out. Dan Snyder reminds me of like medieval nobles who just really had no sense of who they actually were. And you and you're <laughs> reading great. a history book and you're like the Duke of Dingley Dang stole 87 horses and called the king an ass clown to his face and was surprised when he was drawn and quartered. It's like, <laughs> well, bro, what do you think was going to happen? <laughs> like, why would you even think you could do something like that? And looking at Dan Snyder, even though I guess he's getting away with it, it's like, why think you do something like that? See, I was, I've always viewed him as, as uh, thinking he was like the Pope. Like, I'm untouchable, and I have such an inflated opinion of myself and what I'm doing as an NFL owner and, and you know what I mean? Like um, that's There's, how I, I always viewed him, which is this infallible sort of, yes. You know, and I, and while I think that, hiding all of this stuff, I think I, awful things happening everywhere. And I think that is a, an okay analogy with one key distinction. The Pope at least views himself as St. Peter's representative on earth. Whereas Dan Snyder views himself as Dan Snyder's representative on earth. <laughs> that's very true <laughs> so he is subservient to himself yes right yeah right um all right so moving on from uh uh from what is hopefully the end of the dance Snyder area for the commanders and onto something it can't be worse uh to the nfl schedule now scott how much of the nfl schedule did you see when it came out like the not like the specific games but the the structure of the schedule and the broadcast and all that um, if I told you I, I looked at it one time, I'd be lying to you. Okay, so you're basically finding this out here as I'm, I know as I'm describing it. This is okay. not a this is not a, a, a this is not anything new for anybody listening to us for a while. I don't know shit. Right. So let's <laughs> let's Scott, move on. Scott knows sixth round offensive lineman prospects in 1980s music. No, I don't 80s music. Get out of here. Maybe okay. 90s, but I don't remember. That's the you go being in a car accident. That kind of, I don't remember anything from from. I don't like high, the high school. I I was hanging out with some high school friends over the weekend, and they were telling stories of things that I was actively involved in. It's like no, that never happened. No, never happened. Oh man, Not a thing. But I, okay. I mean, for me, not to derail this, but I didn't really wake up to music until until probably nineteen ninety ish. Okay. I really didn't. So you know, six round offensive linemen and grunge music. I yes, but I don't even know that it's fair to say I know six round offensive linemen. I know a little bit about music. There, there you go. <laughs> That's not it. All right. So takes from Scott are going to be fresh because he's just learning this as we go. So I'm just going to read a quote here from the um, NFL press release about the schedule. And once I'm finished, I want to get your take. Okay. Okay. Here we go. In weeks two, three, and fourteen. There will be two Monday night games on ESPN and ABC. In weeks two and three, the Monday night games will broadcast at 7.15 Eastern and 8.15 Eastern. In week 14, the two Monday night games will both kick off at 8.15 Eastern. Thoughts? Why? Why? <laughs> like, who decided this? Why? I don't know. I don't know if this is kind of boomerish. If I can hold, can you guys see my notes? You can't see it. Uh, in yeah, all caps, it. in all caps, in exclamations, I put, what is the fucking point of this? Yeah. I mean, you're watering down the Monday night thing. Like, Monday night football is a huge deal. Yeah. Yes, Alex. Yes. Yeah. It's a huge, huge, huge deal. Yeah. you you have You have Thursday night football now. You have Saturday football at times. You have Sunday night football. Monday night football was the standalone thing, and I know that they do it. On, they do it in week one to kick off the season. Um, over the, what is it? Five years now they've been doing yeah. that. Well, however yeah. long it is. But now they're doing. I didn't know this. They're doing this in weeks two and three and fourteen now. Yeah, and if week fourteen they both kick at the exact same time. I would think I'd be pissed if I was the team that was playing in week fourteen. Or yeah, I would be too. And also. 
you might as well just launch you might as well just launch red zone for those. Yeah. Especially the ones that are at the same time. They do it in the afternoon games all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's a the red zone is a thing though. I mean and that is a that is a thing with the younger generation. Like there's no desire to sit down and watch a a a full game, you know, offense and defense. It's I want to see scoring. You know, I think that's yeah, you know, the fantasy side of things, but still. Well, so um, I wrote down really my thought here, down. and that's a good segue into it. I said, um, I wrote here that we do not need or want two different island games at the same damn time. The entire appeal of an island game is to be able to focus on just one game. Just put the other game on Sunday afternoon. Everyone is watching Red Zone then anyway. Yes. Yeah. And I, I mean, maybe this is just a, uh, you know, th- dangling a carrot to some of the owners who are who bitch about the Monday night stuff and, you know, uh, primetime games and stuff. But you're, if you're watering that down, I don't think that's a good thing. Yeah, no, it's terrible. It's terrible. They could easily just put in a rule that each team must host a primetime game every, at least every other year. Yeah, yeah. Just be done with it. That's fine. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I think that would be equitable. That's a that's a fine way to go about things. Yeah, and if a team is like always bad, uh, what's a team that's just always terrible? It has been for like the last ten years. Houston, Houston Texans. Okay, let's say that the Houston's because they the Houston Texans they didn't host a game last year. They have to host one this year. Just put the game with the Bills on Thursday night. Sure, and let the Bills just murder them and like whatever you know. Totally like, fine. Something like that. Um, yeah, or, I mean, you could you could even do an interdivisional kind of a thing. Like, hey, uh, Anthony Richardson playing against uh, C.J. Stroud. That'd be a great primetime matchup. There you yeah. go. You know, yeah. You Kill put two in, birds, like, one stone. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be that'd be nice and easy. So another thought that I had is that are they going to do this for the playoffs and have two playoff games going at the same time? No. No, of course not. And do you know why not? Because it's a really bad idea. It's a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> like this is um Paul with a great comment here. He says the NFL spent so much capital with the players and expanded to 17 weeks, and then they piss it away with this nonsense. It's hilarious. They are so bad at this. And it doesn't, it's not like this requires um, great insight to manage this. Right. I mean, this is the golden goose, you know, like uh, one Monday night game, one Sunday night game, one Thursday night game. That should be it. Yeah. You know, um, that just seems like, that seems like nonsensical to, to have multiple games like that. Yeah. It's not great. I didn't know that. You don't want to make it harder for fans of the league to watch your games. If you have two Island games at the same time, that makes it harder to watch one or the other. Mm -hmm. Right. Red zone solves this problem by allowing you to watch all the games at once. So taking games away from red zone hurts red zone and it hurts the other game. It makes zero sense. It really, yeah, it's, um, I hope this is a one-off one-time thing. Yeah. Like the backlash is so bad. They decide not to do it again because I mean, because what would happen Let's say that, like, we had two Monday night games. We had Packers and Lions in one game and Chiefs Bengals in the other. I wouldn't even watch the Lions. <laughs> it would be really hard to – I mean, even if you were, like, a total dedicated homer there, you would you would almost be flipping. Like, you know what I mean? Like, all right, this yeah. is a dead spot. I'm turning it. And, okay, this is cool. Oh, got to get back to the Lions. Yeah, it's just – yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's a disastrous decision. Paul saying the players should strike to force the NFL to get rid of Thursday night games. I, uh, <laughs> they're they are a health hazard. I mean, the Thursday night games are pretty bad, but I don't think they need to get rid of the Thursday night games. Um, well, you could create. Go ahead, you're going to say it. I know you're. Yeah. So I say what my idea would be: simply 17 games, and for some reason, the Super Bowl now is on Valentine's weekend, which makes no sense. Add an 18th week. Every team gets two bye weeks. If you're playing on a Thursday, you have a bye the week before. Fine. Right. And everybody gets two bye weeks as well. This pushes everything back a week. So now the Super Bowl is now on President's Day weekend. Everybody has Monday off anyways. Okay. I mean, I think, seriously, you just, I think, how long did you spend coming up with this concept? 20 seconds. Okay. You solved the problem. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't it, it 
there has to be like other variables at play here that there I'm just like, yeah, somebody, somebody's making more money. That has to be the case. Yeah. I mean, this, so is, so then question in these Monday night games, where are they being broadcast? Is one going to be on Amazon prime and the other one going to be on like Peacock? All Monday night games are on ESPN and ABC. So this would apply to me that either one's on one and the other or ESPN and ESPN two. Okay. Cause that but was the only guess- thing I could think of is maybe there's a, a possible issue with not an issue, but like, you know, we need to put, we need to put one of these games on one of these, you know, channels that we just signed with. I don't know, but obviously that's not the case. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So those have played there. Now you brought up Amazon prime and Paul brought up uh Thursday night football. Um, Paul and I, are, we are on the clock in a slow draft, uh, by the way, Paul and I. So, um, Paul, please in the chat, let me know who our options are, and I'll give you some suggestions. Let's um, make the pick now. Let's just do it. Come on. Okay. Okay. Hang on here. Let me I – was, I wasn't expecting this. I got to produce the show as I'm doing the show. Give me one second. <laughs> and I only have – and I only have the one monitor, so. One second here. Scott, did you hear that that bell? No. Okay, that's only for me then, not the listeners. That's good. Oh, son of a gun. Okay, hang on. I heard that. Yeah, that's me. Okay. That's me talking. Okay, well, while while I pull this up, um, I want to tell you this. Thursday Night Football is exclusively on Prime Video again. So same as last year. Yes. For me, this is okay. One, because I have Prime Video. <laughs> but two, I kind of like the different things they were doing with the different camera angles and the Prime Vision, all that. Did you ever watch Prime Vision? I did. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. Did you prefer it to the normal? Um, I thought it was cool to see it to see different stuff, but I don't know that I would say I'd per, I did I preferred it or I didn't. Um, I, to be honest with you, I it, I it didn't I don't consider it the, I didn't consider it like that. I thought it was cool, like the different camera angles and that kind of stuff. But if you if that was what was uh, normal on every Sunday, then that be that would be fine. And if it's if it's not, it's fine. I, I guess I didn't, I didn't really, you know, it's, it's, it was good, but did you prefer it? Sorry, I'm messing with the screen here. Oh yeah. I really liked it, but I wouldn't want to watch every game like that. Um, sorry, without the second monitor, I can't really expand the screen for those of you looking on, uh, on YouTube right now, by the way, if you're listening on audio, thank you. We are a YouTube live stream as well. And so if you want to see my terrible production work, while the show is going on, feel free to click the link below. Come in the on, show you're multitasking. You're doing a great job. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you think that. Yeah. No, I really like um, Prime Vision, but I want to watch every game that way. Yeah. I um, like on Red Zone, I think it'd be too much. <laughs> if like they were just constantly flipping back and had the route showing or whatever, that yeah. could be a little much. But for an island game, I absolutely love it. Um. Uh, ben says my issue with Prime is that's just more time consuming to flip around during commercials. Hundred percent, yes. You almost uh, can't. So there's two solutions to this. Um, one is second screen, and the second, not financial advice, is to increase the amount you have on the game. Then you won't take your attention away. <laughs> not financial advice. Not financial <laughs> advice. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying that'll solve the problem. I'm not saying you should do it. And remember, if you lose money because something I said and you complain to me, you got to fight Cleve. So don't uh, don't do that. Okay. Yeah. So before we move on to the next topic here, we're going to make these picks live on air. So um, this website is FFPC. Real quick background. Paul and I were doing a bunch of leaks together. These are double ups, right? So the top six out of 12 finishers doubled their money. So you don't know you don't need to really totally swing for the fences on these. Yes and no. You still want to build in a lot of upside to your lineup. Yeah. yeah. Um because obviously you prefer to just run away with it and not have to sweat it. Sure. Another thing to know about this is that it's not super flex, but it is tight end premium. So receptions are one and a half for each tight end, and there's two wide receiver, two running back, and two flexes. So you can start up to four running backs in in these leagues. How many tight ends can you start? Do you, do you start one with possibly yeah, two? Yeah, you start one, okay. you get up to three, right? Okay. Um, 
so so far on this team, I flip over to here. So far on this team, we have Jonathan Taylor and AJ Brown. We took eight. We're, at, we're on the hook. So we took AJ Brown at the one point one two, and um, Jonathan Taylor at the two point oh one. So we are going to pick a tight end and a quarterback here. We're going to pick tight end between George Kittle and Kyle Pitts. Scott, do you have any thoughts? Those two this upcoming season. Again, this is just season long. There's no tournament aspect to it. We're just trying to think who do we think will score more fantasy points this year, George Kittle or or uh, Kyle Pitts? You know, um, I want to say Kittle just because I don't trust I don't trust what Atlanta has going on, especially with the addition of Bijan. Um, I don't trust their quarterback. And I don't, as talented as Pitts is, and as great as his his first year was, um, and even his target share was his target share was great last year, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it was. And his A dot, his A dot was over thirteen. Yeah. So I mean, all the all the stuff that you'd want to see is there. I just think that you throw Bijan in the mix there, and I'm going to eventually talk myself into telling you to take both of them <laughs> here. Um, as much as I don't, I don't like it that Bijan's in the mix there. I like the other stuff, but then with Kittle, um, didn't he go bananas when Purdy was the quarterback? He goes bananas four times a year. I know. So like, it's like I could be the quarterback. He's going to go bananas four times a year. Yeah, but I think he was. I think is. I think he reached his his ceiling more with Purdy. Um, and I really do think that Lance is. I don't understand the Lance stuff to this point. Um. But there, but there's some unknown. Like, you know, I don't know that Purdy's going to be ready to go. I think it's going to be Lance's show there. But, um, if, I mean, if you're forcing, I think so. I would say that Kittle is probably a safer play. But, but having said that, I would think that you need to address the second tight end position on your roster quicker. Does that make sense? So I should also mention it's best ball. Yes. So, uh, it'll just automatically pull the best the best scores. No, I get that. What I'm saying is that I think you need to, you need to draft another one sooner with Kittle because he will have some down weeks where with Pitts, I think he could give you steady production and just not give you the huge, you know, the big two touchdown hundred yard games that Kittle might give you. See, I I actually think it's the opposite. It's because the, the reason is because, the offense Kittle plays in, we know to be good and efficient. Yeah. And the Falcons offense is efficient when running the ball, and that's it. Um, There's a chance that Kyle Pitts goes for 1,500 yards and 15 touchdowns. There's also a chance he gets traded. Yeah, or he just gets – or he just – Ritter sucks and you're buried, right? So for this specific format, I personally prefer George Kittle. I I mean, I think Kittle is the safer play – yeah, who will give you more explosive weeks? We will not be taking both of them, and the reason is because if we're taking, you need a two, quarterback. Well, if we're taking two tight ends by round four, we're effectively saying one of these has to play in the flex all the time, like yeah. the majority of the time, and you can find better flex options at running back and wide receiver later, right? And there's also some, I think, some rookie tight ends that are, that are going to give you really good production. This year, yeah, in a year that doesn't like Kincaid, I think is one of those guys. Yeah, he's going a little higher than you would want, though. Yeah, Laporta. Laporta is a good one. Mayer is a good one. Yeah, guessing on the Bill Packers Baker is a in good Dallas. One. Um, you know who's sneaky, sneaky, uh, gonna be crazy good that nobody's talking about. Case and I really, I just hurt myself patting myself on the back there. Yeah, Gerald Everett. Take him. Not now. Take him late. Dude, why are you making that face? Because it just never happens with him. Like I he's know, athletic, it just never happens. Kellen Moore loves tight ends. Period. End of story. Uh-huh. Yeah, which is why I might take Donald Parham. Okay. Take a Chargers tight end. <laughs> Do yourself a favor. You, you Later just love on. the Chargers. You you just you just absolutely love the Chargers. Okay, Alex, this is sort of negativity we don't need. Ask yourself what the Lions would do and then do the opposite. Oh, my gosh. That's um, it. Okay. That's it. What would the Lions do here? How do I draft a linebacker in this? Um, 
Is Jameer Gibbs available? Uh, he, he, he might be, <laughs> he, 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 he could be. Yes. Uh, we will not be taking Jameer Gibbs at, uh, at the three, four turn though. So I'm thinking Kittle here, unless Paul comes in override. So then we need the quarterback and the quarterback's going to be either fields or Lamar given who's who's left. So who has the higher floor, who has the higher guy? ceiling? By the way, chat, feel free, feel free to jump in here. Uh, chat with thoughts too between Fields and Lamar. Keep it in mind, it's not a tournament, it's a double up. So we just need to beat, you know, six of the other teams in in our league. Scott, Fields or Lamar? Oh man. Uh is this a this is a one quarterback league, correct? I know you said it, but it is it 20, okay. 20 roster spots. So we will be taking three quarterbacks no matter what. Um, so, I mean, we theoretically don't need to take a quarterback here, but when you get a chance to get one of these separators at the position, I like to, I like to take it, especially relative would, to the cost of like Allen and Mahomes, right? I'd feel pretty comfortable taking either one. I, and I, and I just, I think fields will give you more rushing. Um, I'm super curious about what Lamar Jackson's going to look like in in Todd Monken's offense. Me too. It's going to be a very different offense. Um, I don't know that that's a bad thing for him. To, uh, I mean, the injury stuff, I think the injury stuff would push me to fields from a fantasy standpoint, but that'd be the only reason why. They're both um, just as likely to get hurt. They're both 6'4", 230. I know, I know that it just Lamar hasn't finished a season in the last few. So, um, two, the last two. Yeah. But also I mean, Fields, could, Fields got hurt for a couple games last year. Yeah. Yeah. It just, I think that there's still an element of him running the ball that he's more comfortable with where, you know, you're going to get insane production from him as a runner. Which, um, uh, do you think both quarterbacks are effective rushing threats inside the 10 yard line? Uh, I think Fields is a more, I think Fields is more effective in the red zone running than just because I think Lamar doesn't want to run the ball like that. Mm. That's why, that's why the tight end whose name I cannot say is so valuable. Isaiah likely. He's pretty good. He's, he's fine. (laughs) Uh, I, so Justin Fields is a higher ADP than Lamar Jackson. But I think Lamar is a better pick for this format because I think the offense is going to be better. Like I think the Ravens have a better offense than the Bears. Yeah, it's for sure. we're, so for like a floor ceiling sort of thing, I think they both. I mean, we know Lamar's ceiling is through the roof from his MVP year. Yeah, right. Um, and then on top of that, I think the Ravens like they'll be in the red zone more. They'll be in scoring position more. Yeah. No, the downside is that the Ravens might be winning a lot more and Fields will be forced to pass if they're losing. He that's, will. That's where this goes the wrong way. But again, yeah, I but think, I think that's overthinking it at this point in the draft, though. For this for this event, yes. For a tournament, yes. I don't think it is. For a tournament where you need to. Oh no no! If you if you're talking about one of the one of the puppies or one of the, you know, the best ball you, you, where you need to be so different than everybody else. Yep. You would be taking fields here and be very happily taking fields here. Yeah. But if this, in this double up scenario, Lamar is perfect. It's fine. So we are going to take George Kittle and Lamar Jackson. Two great let's, picks. Let's give us a first four picks. We have Lamar Jackson, Jonathan Taylor, AJ Brown, and George Kittle. So this is Fantasy Football Players Championship? Is that where this is? Yes, FFPC. I'm intrigued by this. Yeah, FFPC is great. They're the one – they host the main event every single year, the $1,900 buy-in season-long managed tournament. Yeah. That's a million to first. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, yeah, FFPC is is pretty fantastic. No, they're not a paid sponsor. Yes, this was completely off the cuff. It was not a setup to shove an ad in the middle of the show. They're not um, paying you? I'm getting checks from them. um that's it we're calling hr yeah yeah lucille lucille get in here all right so i'm going to stop sharing that well that was a fun that was a fun digression thank you uh thank you paul um and yeah ffpc i'm pretty sure they're legal in all 50 states um pretty sure they are i mean maybe not like utah or hawaii 
But I know they're legal in Washington. I'm pretty sure. I know people in the state of Washington, and you can't play anything else in Washington. So, um, yeah, FFPC. It's awesome. Um, it's not a game of chance. No, it is not. All right. One playoff game will stream exclusively on Peacock. Yeah. Not great. Initial thoughts. Because I'm sure you're finding out for the first time. I don't love the idea of having a playoff game not easily accessible. Um, I'll just okay. If I am an older, like if my dad is a Lions fan, <laughs> you know where this is going. Yes. And my dad and the Lions finally make the the playoffs, and they and they're making a run, whatever. And they're on Peacock TV, and he doesn't have it. I do think that there will be problems like yes, lots of issues to resolve with, with um, not tech savvy people. Um, lots of drama. I, I don't, I mean, if you're, you know, I think that's a terrible idea making things more difficult in the playoffs for, for fans. I think it's a terrible idea. Yeah. I, the NFL is bound to determined to make their games ever harder to find and watch. I don't understand. Like like, it. Yeah, oh, they have a bunch of angry boomers in their back the blue shirts trying to have their grandkids find Peacock on their TiVos. That's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. How do I sign up for this? I'm not yeah. giving you my credit card. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just um, and then also Peacock is NBC. I'm not. I'm not signing for NBC. <laughs> that's a whole other story. That, that's how Bill Gates gets you. Yep. Um. So yeah, another terrible idea from the NFL. There's no need to put a playoff game on Peacock. So the so then the question is, how much did Peacock pay them? And while it may be a terrible decision, like the way you and I are looking at it, but if Peacock gave them, you know, fifty trillion dollars for whatever rights there are to to broadcast, that might be great for for the owners to split three ways or thirty two ways, thirty one ways. It's whatever. short sighted. It is. It's it's not great. Uh, it's it's flawed thinking, but. And you don't yeah. want to have short-sighted thinking as a sports league. That's how you end up like baseball, where nobody yeah, under no, fifty gives a smart. shit. Smart. They they integrate the Peacock TV in long before play, uh, the playoffs happen. Like you know, this is we need to get you involved with Peacock TV now. Yes. So here's your uh, free sign up where you can. I mean, that's that's the way I would handle it. Is mm-hmm. all right if you want us to broadcast our game on your platform. We're going to give away that game for free to everyone. So that way it's not difficult. Yeah. Here's your here's your code to, to access this game. You just got to sign up. Yep. Yep. Now, it won't help with the TiVo, but uh, you could still still try to find it. Um, more, more new information here for Scott. There are five international games, um, which I think is pretty cool. I like those. Three in the UK and two in Germany. Yeah. All of them start at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. The NFL does not understand that for those of us in the U.S., the fact that a game is being played in Europe is not itself a reason to watch the game. No, and think about if you're on the West Coast. Uh, My next note is that is 6.30 a.m. on the West Coast. Yeah. Brutal. The, like, hang on. They're they're doing the reveal of the teams right now. They're they're uh, come up to number six. Like, just put the European game in prime time in Europe, right? So that that way, right when you have the game prime time in Europe, it can go the one o'clock window in the U.S. and you just put on red zone. Yeah, it's fine. Oh my God! The Pistons got fifth. I know. I told you. Are you kidding me? I told you it's going to happen. That moves. That moves. What Oklahoma? Uh, the Hornets. Oh, the Blazers. Give them to the Blazers at least. Give Dame a chance. It's that. That is. I mean, it's just that is Detroit in a nutshell for a while. That fifth. The the Wings have done that. They didn't fall this year from nine to nine, but the Wings have done that multiple years in a row, falling in in the lottery. 
I know because they missed a uh, Lafreniere that year. Um, yeah, and it's you know still that's uh to go from the best odds to fifth is just nonsense. People are not going to be happy here. I'm just no. going to tell you. No. Fifth? Yeah. That's just the way it's been. Something's co- that's Something good is coming down the way. It's just, you know, what is that going to be? Yeah, appar- apparently it's a linebacker and extension for golf. Fifth? They won 17 games this year out of 82. Yep. They won four less games than anybody else, four fewer games than anybody else. It's it is amazing. Uh I don't, you know, the I don't understand the lottery concept either at this point. Like if you're if you're that much worse than everybody else, you really should have better odds than being tied with three other with two other teams. Yes. And they could just make the odds based on your number of wins. Okay. They can but do- I don't know why you have to have 15 teams in the lottery. You know, like, I can see a lottery to, to get rid of tampering and, and, you know, the whole losing, you know, tanking thing. But, you know, like, it's specific to the NHL, you know, the idea of, all, of everybody having, like, this year the Red Wings had, like, a... Uh, few percent chance at the first pick. And I thought it was crazy that they did, you know, but maybe that should be, maybe there should be like a top five lottery and that's it with the, with the team finishing worst, having a significantly better chance than the team, you know, at five and, you know, better than like the rep or the Pistons were what? 14% tonight. Yeah. 14% same as the Rockets and the Spurs. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's crazy. They, you know, maybe, Maybe you go, uh, you know, a three-team lottery kind of thing, and it's, you know, 45, 35, 45, 30, 25. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, 14% is slightly better than a gut shot on the river because that's like 11%. So it's what, six, seven outs on the river in poker, 14%. Like, that's not great. No. <laughs> um, that's not a hand that you should be playing. Yeah. Uh, well, I – and Alex and Jake would say that it's a hand you should be semi bluffing to blast your opponent off the pot. And then if they call, then you've got some outs, but. Okay. That's fine. But the idea of, <laughs> of the idea of presenting yourself at the river with, with a gut shot straight draw. It's not, not fun. No, that's not something that's comfortable at all. No. And you real, you were by far the worst team in the league by far. Speaking of not comfortable at all. And the worst franchise in the league, Jacksonville has to play back-to-back games in London in weeks four and five. And they're going to stay there the entire time, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> was it Paul who was it Paul or Jake in the chat who made the comment about the league not hating the Jag the Jaguars their own or that hates Jacksonville? It was Paul that said that. That is a super smart point, and it's something I didn't think about. I wasn't thinking about. So, Paul, well done. Um, that is, uh, if they didn't want to play in Jacksonville. Or I'm sorry, in in, in England, uh, two weeks in a row they wouldn't have to. It's not like it's not like they're being forced to. But I, you know, this does tell you how much disdain he may have for that city. Yeah, and I and I think that's understandable. No offense to Jacksonville people, because I, I mean I, I think they do have rabid fans, and I think that they do have a good fan base. It's just, you know, there you go. Um. I Ryan Reynolds owns a soccer team. He doesn't make them play in the United States regular season games weeks in a row. Cleveland, I like to argue with each other about whose franchise is down worse. I always count him. It's the Jets. He counts me. It's the Lions, but it's the Jags. The owner hates the city. They had Urban Meyer. Yeah, even in the situation where they're on, the, they're coming up. It is unbelievable that they have to play twice and stay uh overseas for a two week stretch. It's incredible. I wonder if um the Rockets are in fourth. I wonder if um does that mean that we know 
Somebody jumped way up to one. Uh, Port no Portland jumped. Portland's in third. It's either the Hornets or the Spurs. It, it's gonna be on. the Spurs. Guarantee it. It's gonna be the Spurs. Yep, Spurs get the pick. It's just the exact same way that I knew it was gonna be Chicago when it came down to it last week for, for with the NHL. <laughs> David Robinson, Tim Duncan, and now this guy. I'm not bitter at all about it. Fuck. Me either, clearly. It's a, th- these things are franchise altering things. Like um this dude is a franchise altering player immediately. Yes. Uh Connor Bedard will be too. The nice thing about this the NHL is is Adam Fantilli's really good, so he'll be the second pick. Um but just like you know this would have taken the the Pistons from so many years of just being so just just nothing nothing. They'd be the sixth seed this year. Yes, and some excitement, and uh, you know, filling the arena, and just all of it, and it's gone. Who are you taking at five? Who cares? It doesn't. It's almost not relevant anymore. Yeah, that's disappointing. That's more than disappointing. That's. Oh, man, I was really hoping you get to celebrate Victor coming to coming to the Pistons fifth. It's not surprising at all. Think about how bad the the Aprils and Mays have been in Detroit for for how long? Eight, eight years, seven, eight years. No Red Wings playoffs. Uh, Pistons have sucked. The Tigers are dead before the season starts, and you have the draft. That's it. Yes, the best thing they have in the Detroit sports this month is the Lions took a running back 20 spots too soon. So I would say that uh, it's been it's been pretty rough here recently. Well, um, for the rest of the listening audience, I apologize for our Detroit doldrums yeah. here. But, man, I was really hoping we could. I was hoping we get hyped. I was really hoping we could get hyped about Victor coming to the coming to the Pistons. Um, also, Brian Windhorst is in Paris to interview Victor live right now. How do you get that gig? Be a nice gig to have. Also, it's I like he's in the morning there, San Antonio. Wonder what he's thinking. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's Texas. No offense to Texas, but oh, plenty of offense to Texas. Like, yeah, like your state's not even a democracy. Your governor is terrible. I mean, I, I don't know how much I say about Texas. I'm sure it's got some pretty, some like pretty lakes or something. Sure. Yeah, I've been to, I mean, San Antonio is a cool city. I've been in San Antonio. I know it's a great city. It's just but, it's in Texas. But you know what else this means? For San Antonio, this is a double win for them. Popovich will coach until he dies. Because why would okay. he ever leave now? Yeah, like he's, he's got gonna... the next. If he's if 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 this kid really is the next, you know, top five player in the league or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And they'll draw free agents, and they'll be great yeah. very soon. Yep. So there's no reason for him to ever leave now. He should just so they get to keep their all time great coach and get this talent, and we get to pick fifth. All right. Well, that's all right. Football. I'm moving on. Um, uh, yeah, I don't have anything else about the um uh, about the schedule really. Um, one thing that I did notice, I didn't really write it down here, but I do want to reference it in case the listeners want to go find it. Um, if you go to Twitter, go to at Sharp Football, who's Warren Sharp. Um, he has a great thread about rest advantage you know, how many days of rest teams have versus other teams throughout the schedule. And apparently 2023 will be the most rest disparity between teams and games that we've had in like the 20 years they've gone back and looked um, like to, to an extreme degree. Yeah. Um, In fact, 95 out of the what? 216 games. 216, right? Nobody told me there'd be math. Uh, I didn't think there would be either. <laughs> but yeah, 95 out of the 216 games, 
feature one team with a rest advantage over the other. Last year, it was like 65. So this is something that the NFL really could pay attention to for injuries and competitive fairness and all that. It, yeah. Scott, you'll never guess which two teams have the biggest rest advantage throughout the year. The Kansas City Chiefs. No, they actually have the worst. Oh, them I, and the 49ers. Yeah. Who? The, the 49ers and the Chiefs have the worst. Who has the best? Who has the most? The Jets. Oh, my gosh. All right. And the Bears. Okay, it's time to sign off. We need to be <laughs> I'm not feeling great about things. The Jets. The Jets have a plus 12 rest day advantage over the rest of their schedule. That's an extra by week and a half over their opponents. You know, that's not great. Yeah. The Chiefs play four games in a I think I think I saw it was four games in a row against teams coming off a bye. Yeah, that's harsh. Can you like it's a computer? Can y'all just program this in there so this doesn't happen, please? Yeah, I mean, like give it some give it some uh <laughs> some things that have to be, you know. I I always used to get frustrated about that with the Lions. Like every year they force them to play in Green Bay late in the season. Yeah. Every year. Not this year. I wonder why. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think they're they're starting to get a little bit of of love from from the schedule makers and all that stuff. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's right, you know, or fair or just. I guess it doesn't have to be. It's the NFL, whatever. They do what they want. Well, they should try to get some competitive fairness in there. You, know, you would think, but the, you know, they they do have their they have their narratives. They would love for the Jets to be in the Super Bowl, right? I mean, that's just kind of they yeah. would love for that. It'd be great for for business. And it's too early in the offseason, so I'm not officially making this prediction yet. That'll be during our official team previews and all that. But as of if I had to predict right now, I would actually predict the Jets to miss the playoffs. Yeah, I think it's it's reasonable to think that they will. Uh, I mean, the AFC is loaded. Um, they're, I mean, I the Bills possibly maybe <laughs> the Bills might have missed their window. Um, I know that sounds crazy because you have Josh Allen, but that's a team that's in a bit of a flux state. But having said that. You did do nice things to try to address your issues, and you do have Josh Allen. So yes. it's like, you know. Um, it really it just comes to the fact the AFC is loaded with good teams, and so if you don't win your division, the wild card is so much harder than the NFC. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's that's, that's the only reason I'm bringing up Buffalo is because yep. they have to win their division to get into the playoffs, and if they don't win their division, it's unlike, unlikely that they'll be in the playoffs. It just is. <laughs> Also, the best roster top to bottom, the AFC East, belongs to Miami. Yeah. And then there's you have Buffalo, you have Miami, you have the Jets. Um, the Patriots are not, I mean, as as crazy as it sounds, I, that's not a team that is just a pushover. They'll go two and four, they'll go two and four in those six games in the division. Like they're gonna like, steal two wins that will have a huge impact. Yeah. In, yeah. in that division. So I mean they have a they have a legit play caller now on offense. So that you know that helps. I don't it know does. what that was last year. That's yeah, that was pretty thing. terrible. Uh yeah. final question before we get out of here. Ben asks, where did the Lions rate in the rest plus minus? Uh they have one day of rest advantage. They are de- dead average middle of the league. Plus one day. Um yeah. no, the Lions have depending on how the schedule works, have an advantage here because they always play Thanksgiving. Yes. So that can they should always have a little bit because then the following Sunday they'll have more. Now, of course, the previous Sunday they don't, but their opponents also played the previous Sunday, right? So because they always have a Thursday night game, back before there were Thursday night games, they always sort of stole that extra little buy there. Yeah. Um, that meant the Cowboys. So the Lions should never be too terrible in this, and neither yeah. should Dallas. But it's the Bears at plus 12 is really annoying. Yeah, it's wild. Um I mean, is there something specific with them that that makes them stand out? I know we need to get out of here, but no, I, I think the Bears is just dumb luck. Okay, I think the Jets is on purpose, and the Bears just kind of happened to get the get the benefit. I mean, they certainly didn't screw over the Chiefs on purpose. Yeah, 
I really think that? like yeah, I really think they just juice the Jets and then let it fall. Yeah, they may have. I mean, it, yeah. it could be. It could be. You know, it's good for for the New York market to be um, to be making late runs in the playoffs. That's a good thing for the NFL. Blah blah blah. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is a political football. Uh, Scott, always great to see you as always. We'll be back in two weeks. You know what we'll be talking about, but we'll have um. Uh, it won't be. We'll be right before June 1st, so we should know all the June 1st cuts. My guess is that Dalvin Cook is on his way out of Minnesota since he was removed from their uh, social media today. He didn't remove the Vikings. The Vikings removed him. Yes. So that seems like that's something that's going to happen. Uh, mini camps will be starting going. We'll get more footage of Bryce Young looking like a toddler on the field. Um, it's so true. Which is something that happened. Where do you go? <laughs> Uh, so I have all that. I have other stuff to talk about as well. So we'll be back in two weeks. Uh, again, if you're listening to audio, thank you very much. Here's a YouTube live stream. Link in the show notes. If you're watching live, thank you. The chat is amazing. Please be sure to like the video. It does help. Uh, every little bit does help us. All right, everybody. We will see you in two weeks. Peace. Peace.